As a congregation and as a church, I know you guys have been around the Hmong ministry, the Hmong culture, the Hmong community for over 20 plus years. And so I'm sure that all of you guys know what Hmong time is, right? Everybody know what Hmong time is? If you, don't, okay, if you don't know what Hmong time is, Hmong time is basically the idea that you start everything 30 minutes to one hour after the actual start time, right? So that's pretty much how the Hmong culture is. And a lot of times, that's pretty much how the Hmong community is. You know, we'll schedule something at 12 o'clock and you show up and we won't get started until about 12.30 to 1 o'clock. Um, I've been in the ministry for about 15 years now. I've, I've, tr- I've done everything that I possibly can to try to change that, you know, to try to change that and, you know, just let's, let's just get everything started on time. But, you know, it's something that I guess is so deep and so entrenched into the Hmong community that it's so extremely hard to really get everybody started on time. But that's what Hmong time is for those of you who, who don't uh, know what Hmong time is. And so even though the Hmong community... Even though we often practice that in my house, when my father, with my father, growing up with my father, he would not tolerate that at all. He would not tolerate that at all. And my brother is here today, too, and you guys can probably talk to him. And he will attest to you guys the same thing that I will let you guys know, is that my father is someone who would, get, who would make sure that you're always ready about two hours ahead of time, right? And so, you know, growing up, going to school and things like that, uh, we start school, of course, at 8 o'clock. And by 6 o'clock, he wants you up already. You know, he wants you up already. And that's one, that used to be one of the most annoying things for me growing up as a child in my father's house. And that used to be one of the most annoying things to me. And nowadays, my son has to deal with that because his grandfather is the one that drives him to school every morning. And so my son, Simon, has to deal with that, right? And so it's like 6 o'clock in the morning, and Grandpa will come, and Grandpa will say, You're late. You're late to school. you got to get up already. And so he'd be so annoyed by that, you know, he, he, he gets so angry over that, and I understand exactly what he, he's uh, going through because I had to, myself, had to go through that myself. Uh, not too long ago, we were in Fresno for um, one of my cousin's um, wedding, and so I dropped my, my father and my stepmother over, off over at um, my stepmother's family's uh, home, and so they spent a night over there, and my wife and I and Eli, we went to stay at a hotel for that night. And so we stayed about, we were only about 10 to 15 minutes away from where the wedding was going to take place. And so we, the wedding wasn't going to take place until the next morning around 10 o'clock. So we figured that we can go out in Fresno, even though there's not much to do, we can just go driving around, go to the stores. And we, we went to Denny's and had a little dinner and things like that. And so, you know, we stayed up until, until like uh, a little bit past midnight. Like I said, the wedding doesn't start until 10 o'clock in the morning, but 6 o'clock in the morning, my dad was calling me already. And so he was calling me, and, and I heard the call, but I, I just wouldn't pick up, but he wouldn't stop calling. You know, he just wouldn't stop calling. He would just keep calling and calling and call, calling. And finally, I had to answer the, finally, I had to answer the call, and he's like, are you ready yet? I'm like, Dad, it's 6 o'clock in the morning. It doesn't start until 10 o'clock. You know, it's 6 o'clock in the morning. You know, so there, and, but that's how my father was. You know, my father was someone who was very... He, he always wanted to make sure that you, uh, that, that you were ready on time, that you weren't late for something. And so, like I said, even though Hmong time was like that and the Hmong community was like that, just growing up with my father, um, that's something that he just would not tolerate. And a lot of times, uh, as I was growing up, I realized that that was very annoying. But now, as, as I'm older, I realized the impact that that had on me. And... Um, it just uh, kept, it just keeps me, to, you know, it just keeps me on time uh, for everything that I do. And so it's something that um, 
I tend not to be late most of the time. <laughs> most of the time, I tend not to be late. I, I tend to arrive at, at places about 30 minutes uh, ahead of the starting time and things like that. And a lot of that came from my father's attitude or from my, the way that my father really pushed us to get ready on time. I mean, I don't go to the extent of two, three hours ahead of time. You know, I, I don't go to that, that far of an extent. But I tend to you know, show up about 30 minutes earlier uh, for everything that I do. 30 minutes to an hour early. Um, if I'm ever late, you guys can blame my wife, okay? <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, but that's, that's how it was with my father, just growing up uh, with my father. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that, that, the, that my mom didn't have any impact on me because my mom, she had her own impact on me too. The things that my, my mother impacted me with was the way that I handled money. My, my mother was someone that, that uh, didn't spend a lot of money. She, she, uh, I know that women are 10 tend to uh, be the ones that like to do a lot of shopping, right? But my mother wasn't like that. She, she handled money responsibly. And so um, that's something that um, I, I, I got from my mom, from, from the way that I handle money. My father, the way he handles money, my father, he's, for him, he's, he just loves to spend money. He loves to buy stuff and give to people, you know? And so one of the things that um, caused them not to get along so much and the reason why they're, they're divorced is that's one of the things is that my father was, he loves to buy stuff. He buys stuff for everybody, you know? And my mother, on the other hand, she was more careful in the way that she handled money. So that's something that my mother was able to impact on me. And, but my father, he impacted on my life, the influence that he had on, had on my life, is the influence in which um, he wanted to make sure that I always start everything on time and never, never be late. And so as, as the Hebrews are struggling with their faith, and the author of the Hebrew book here, he's using the story of the fathers of the Jewish people to really share with them exactly what it meant to have faith. And he was telling these stories, the stories of their fathers, to his audience at that time, to make sure that by reflecting on these stories, that they would understand what it means to have faith. And we'll go a little bit more into that in a bit. But today, here in America, one of the things that we often, that we are suffering from is that we are suffering from homes that are fatherless. Many of our children are growing up without fathers for many different reasons. One of those reasons is that as fathers, sometimes many fathers forget their responsibilities and they don't attend to their children's need as much as they should. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 24 million children, or one out of three, live without their father in the home. And the impact of this on children, just a, strong, just a big, huge impact on children. Studies show that children are, more, are four times greater to be at risk for poverty when they grow up without their fathers. Also shows that children are more likely to have behavioral issues without their fathers. They're also more likely to go to prison. They're also more likely to commit a crime. They're seven times more likely to become pregnant as teens without their fathers in their lives. They're more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. They are two times more likely to suffer from obesity. And they are two times more likely to drop out of high school if their fathers are not involved in their lives. And so through the scriptures, through the words of God, we see God teaching us that fathers are extremely important to the 
lives of children. While at the same time, through these studies, we also see that fathers are extremely, extremely important in the lives of our children. And before we start this, I also want to acknowledge that I understand that many of us nowadays, many children are growing without their fathers. And I have nieces and nephews who are growing up, and their fathers are not involved in their life. And I hope that as Christians, as men, I hope that we see these children and we ourselves take upon the responsibility as men to become positive role models for these children. Be an impact upon these children's lives because they need men in their lives as well. And so here, as we reflect upon the scriptures, as we reflect upon Hebrews chapter 11, let us pray before we study the word of God. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Father, as we study your word, we ask for your Holy Spirit to guide us, to open up our minds, open up our ears, and open up our eyes to see your wisdom through your word, Father. Father, we give you all things for your glory. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Here in Hebrews chapter 11, it is known by most theologians as the Hall of Faith. Hall of Faith. As the author of Hebrew is listing all the people of faith, all the fathers of the faith in this in this chapter here. And so it's known as the Hall of Faith. And this letter was written by Jewish Christians at that time, to Jewish Christians who have been in the faith for a very, very long time. They've been in the faith for a long time, but even though they were in the faith for a long time, their, their maturity and understanding the faith was still very, very immature. They're still very immature in their faith. They're still very immature in understanding the, the, the doctrines of the faith, the teachings of the faith. And because of that, many of them were starting to fall away. Many of them were starting to fall away from the faith. Many of them were starting to let go of their faith. Many of them were also being persecuted at that time, or they were going to get persecuted, or they were watching, they were watching many of their leaders at that time. Hello. Hi. It's okay. He can be there. Yeah, he can preach with me. You know, my son used to always do that too. Every time I get up to his preach, he'll come and stand right next to me too. So that's fine. Yeah. But um, yeah, they were going through all kinds of persecution. They're watching a lot of their leaders being persecuted. And because of that, because they're watching all of that, many of them, they were falling away from their faith. They were just, you know, letting go of their faith and going back to the old ways, going back to the traditional ways. And because of this, the author of Hebrew wrote this letter to them. And he wrote this letter. His purpose was simply to encourage the believers, to encourage the believers to continue in their faith. And as they, they were going through persecutions, they, they, were also, they were also facing many false teachings in the church at that time, as many of the Jewish leaders were trying to bring them back to the old ways, the old traditional ways. And so many of them were falling away. And so the author of Hebrew was encouraging them that you have to keep the faith. You have to keep going. You have to keep going in the faith. And, and as, you're, as, you have to keep, as you grow in the faith, you need to start rejecting these false teachings that are, that, that are bringing you away from the faith. And one of the ways that he, one of the things that he did to really demonstrate to them what faith was all about was that he used the stories of the fathers. He used the stories of the fathers to really help them understand exactly what it meant to have faith and to put faith into action. 
And you see, so as fathers, we see as we read these scriptures, is that our lives, the decisions that we make in our lives, the things that we do in our lives, the challenges, the obstacles that we have in our lives, the way that we overcome these obstacles, the way that we make our decisions, that everything that we do impact many generations to come. It doesn't only impact our immediate children, but it also impacts many, many of the future generations in our family. And so the author went back to these fathers, and he was just showing them that this is, this is what Abraham did. This is what Abraham did. This is what Moses did. And he was sharing all these stories with them, trying to teach them exactly what it meant to have faith in God, exactly what it meant to follow Christ. So we see through this that as fathers, our lives, our lives does impact our children in so, so many ways. And one of the things that we want to do as fathers is that we want to be able to leave a positive story for our children, leave positive memories behind for our children, so that as they reflect upon our lives, as the, just as the Jewish people here were reflecting upon the, the lives of their fathers, as our children reflect upon our lives, that it will be a positive reflection, that it will be a reflection that will, is something that will influence their lives for the better. That's one of the things that's that as fathers, as we read the scriptures, we see is that we want to leave a positive story behind, a positive legacy. And one of the ways that we do this is just to be there for our children. We just need to be there for our children. We just need to believe in them. We need to be fathers who continually encourage our children and the things that they, that they want to do. Many times children have so many dreams, so many dreams, and all they really need is someone to believe in them. That's all they really need. You as the father, we as fathers, we have that opportunity to believe in our children. You know, children, it's, it's really hard when you grow up and, and, and no one believes in you for, you know, for the children. No one believes in you, and everybody thinks that you're going to fail. That's not going to be a positive way to raise up a child. But as fathers, one of the ways that even, even when everybody else doesn't believe in that child, as a, as a father, as long as we believe in that child, we will be able to, to support that child's life. We'll be able to help that child grow up to become a successful person. That's one of the things that we can do as fathers is just to believe and to encourage our children continuously. We need to be fathers whom our children can also build their lives on. I'll tell my children that, you know, when you guys grow up, you guys have to accomplish more than I accomplish. There's no going back. There's no going back. As we reflect upon our history, the Hmong history, we see where our, the generation before me, we see where they came from. Many of them are without any education. Many of them, my father never went to school his whole life. He, the, you know, he was born into a war-torn country. But he was able to encourage me, and I, I built upon what he did, the sacrifices that he made, the sacrifices that our, our parents made by, run, by getting away from the war and coming to America. And we were able to build upon them. We we're, were able to build upon the sacrifices that they made for us. And so I always tell my children that I also want you to be able to build upon me so that there's no way for us to go, to go back. There's no way to go backwards, that you have to continue to build upon 
one generation after another. And as you know, one generation after another, we stand on each other's shoulders and we continue to build our lives so that we're, our lives continue to improve, so that our lives continue to get better and better. The Hmong history, you know, all of you guys know that Hmong history is filled with wars. It's filled with so much um, poverty. But um, here in America, we've been able to build upon um, each other. And one generation builds upon the older generation, and we're able to enjoy so much uh, progress here in America. That's one of the things as fathers that we want to be able to be fathers in whom our children can build their lives on build our lives around. We also want to be fathers whom our children can share their lives with us. I know many times as, as a father, I, you know, my children sometimes, they're scared of me, right? You know, if they, they need to talk to somebody, they usually go to their, to their mom first, you know? And they go to their mom first, and then uh, they'll come to me after that. After, after their mom gives them enough courage to come talk to me, then, then they'll come talk to me. <laughs> And that's, that's how we are sometimes as fathers. We're, we're a little bit too, I guess, uh, too mean or something like that. And so, but, you know, one of the things we want to do is we want to be able to be fathers in which our children can relate to us, in which they can communicate with us, and they will, that they're not afraid of, of us, that they can come and just talk to us about anything. Because children, you know, they need the perspective from their mother. They need the perspective from their fathers also. Um, we must also be, de- be determined to teach our children about God as fathers. As fathers, as, as the scripture here from Deuteronomy was teaching the fathers at that time, is that the fathers were responsible for teaching the spiritual things to their sons, to their children. And that's one of the things that we must not let go as fathers, as parents for our children, is that we must share with them the message of God. And we must share with them, we must be determined in helping them understand their faith in God. The next thing that we have to do is we need to also, as husbands, we need to love our, our wives, just as Christ loves us. Ephesians chapter 5 gives, gives us a whole message about this. One of the greatest things that we can do as fathers for our children is to love their mother. That's one of the greatest things that we can ever do for our children, just to love their mothers. The Word of God teaches us that we need to love, as men, we are to love our wives as we love our own bodies, that we are to love our wives as Christ loved the church. Christ gave up his life. He sacrificed his life for the church. And we are called to do the same thing. There's a pastor that said that women are called to live for their husbands, but men are called to die for their wives. And so we are called to give up our life. We're called to protect and provide for our families. And one of the greatest things that we can do for our children is simply to love their mother the best way that we possibly can. Love their mothers the way that Christ loves us. And today as children, one of the things that we can do is we can also reflect. We can also reflect upon the stories of our fathers. For us to understand where we came from and for us to understand where we are going, we have to reflect upon the stories of our own fathers, where they came from, the sacrifices that they have made. I find in many of, the, many of my, um, my cousins and many of my families is this, that those who pay more respect to their fathers tend to be more successful than those who don't. 
those who, those who tend to reflect more upon the lives of their parents, they tend to become more successful in life than those who absolutely refuse to reflect upon their, cho- their, their parents' sacrifices for them. And as many, many Hmong people, many young Hmong people today are becoming successful because they're, they're reflecting back upon the war and the, the situation that many of our, the parents had to go through, the, the sacrifices that they made through that time to bring them to America. And as they reflect upon that, they realize that the only way, the only way for us to repay our parents back is to live a successful life. And so they reflect back upon these things. And that's one of the things that we need to do as children is to learn to reflect upon the stories of our fathers, the stories of our, of our parents. In conclusion today, I just want to let us know that we really need, we really need men in this generation. Because as I stated Nowadays, many children are just growing up without fathers, and they really need us as men to step up and be that positive role model for these children. They really need us in their lives, and we need to take upon that responsibility. As my brother and I, we, we have sisters who, who, who um, you know, we have nieces and nephews who, who um, are growing up without their fathers, and we try to be as, you know, as involved in their lives as possible even when their fathers are not there, to, to just try to be that positive role model for them. And as Christian men, that's one, one of the things that we need to look in our community and in our churches to see those children who are growing up without a father, growing up without men in their lives as a role model, and we need to do our best to be that person, to be that, that father figure in their lives. Even when they're not our children biologically, but through Christ, they are our children also. And so we need to love them just as they are our own. And so I pray for our church, and I pray for the men of our church, and today I also want to honor each and every single one of you. And I ask God to, to give you the wisdom, give you the wisdom to be a positive role model for this church and to continue to support this church. And let us pray together. Father, we thank you so much, Father. We thank you so much for the men of this church. We thank you so much for the fathers of this church. Father, it is through you that we can gain wisdom. It is through you that we can know how to lead our family, that we can know how to be a positive role model for our children. It is through you that we can learn how to love our wives as according to how your son, Jesus Christ, has loved us, Father. Father, we ask for your guidance in all the things that we do. And we give you all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.